from the Utah School Counselors Association, this is The Sounding Board, where school counselors share ideas. I'm Nate Webb, school counselor, USCA board member, and every week I'll be speaking with different counselors and professionals that will be giving us valuable information in our counseling world. We cannot wait for you to hear these ideas. Let's get to it. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to The Sounding Board from the Utah School Counselors Association. Um, I'm super excited, guys. So, A, because it's spring break soon, and I cannot wait for spring break. This feels like the winter that has gone on for a millennia. Um, We've been having snow, so I'm in Tooele. I don't know where you guys are. Maybe you guys aren't even in Utah. That'd be really cool, right? We have national listeners. No, but um, it's been snowing, and it's been cold, and it's been miserable. And we're in that stretch where everyone gets burnt out in the school year. Teachers, students, counselors, everybody. The third quarter was so busy. We do a lot of registration stuff, a lot of master scheduling stuff, a lot of CCRs, and it is exhausting, And so today we're going to be talking about mental health, as always, with students and ourselves, but also self-care. You know, these two topics are more important than ever in these challenging times, especially with the amount of burnout that we and our students get. Now, while this list I'm going to give you guys is tailored toward our students, it is very applicable towards us as people um, and as counselors. So please be aware of that and please kind of think of yourself um, as we are as we're going through that. So let's just dive right in. Um, So I'm going to give you five things that we can do uh, to promote mental health and self-care within ourselves and our students. Now, first off, number one, and the reason we have this as number one is because this is our main job. Day in, day out, this is what we do. We provide mental health resources. If kids come to us and they're struggling You know, we don't just sit, talk with them and say, well, good luck. We provide them with resources. So we connect students with mental health professionals and services in the community. And that's important because we are not therapists. So many times we counselors think that we are or people think that we are therapists and we take on a lot. And that attributes to a lot of burnout that we feel because we're taking on everything from these kids. We're taking on their woes. We're taking on their depression, their anxiety. We become a short-term therapist, and we need to we need to do a better job at referring them out to community resources. You know, I know that every school has different programs to help families and kids get therapy, and so utilize those things. You don't have to take it all on by yourself. Also, within the school, right, we offer individual and group counseling sessions for students who are struggling. We have almost every high school has group group not group therapy, but kind of the group group counseling, I guess. We just call it group. <laughs> we do different groups. We have like a grieving group. We have an anger management group, a um, whole lot of different the trauma group. And that's awesome because it's facilitated with us, at least in my school. It's facilitated by a social worker and counselor support. Um, it might be facilitated by a counselor at your school. But groups are amazing for kids. Um, because a it's like peer to peer and they show so much improvement and so if you don't do groups or if you don't know if you do groups talk to your counseling department about it see if that's something that you guys could offer anyway uh number two oh no one last thing on number one promote mental health awareness um and destigmatizing seeking help that's big and it starts with us adults honestly so many of us are scared to ask for help. 
when we're struggling with mental health. And it's funny because we we're 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 up on we're up on the hill telling everybody that we, they need to ask for help when they're feeling down. They need to you know not be feel bad about asking for help. But then here here are we here are we so ashamed to ask for help. So promote mental health awareness and destigmatizing seeking help by asking for help when you need help. Lead by example. Anyway, so that's number one, provide mental health resources. Number two, teach coping strategies. And we need to learn coping strategies. Um, we need to encourage students to practice self-care and self-compassion. Number number one, so many kids are really, really mean to themselves in the mirror and, and being nice to yourself. Now, kids, their, their version of self-care is going to be different than ours. And so helping them to identify what are the healthy coping strategies, what are the things that make them feel good. Everyone knows those things that make them feel good. And so encourage them to have self-care, to take a break when they need to take a break. And to not abuse that either, right? Not to just like, well, I'm just going to take a break and play video games for the rest of my existence <laughs> versus I, I need like a 10 minute break. Well, th something I think is amazing at promoting self-care is 504 plans. Those kids who have ADHD and clinical anxiety, stuff like that, their 504 plans map out, you know, that they can take breaks and things like that. And I feel like we all need to kind of make our own little <laughs> personal non-official 504 plan of how we can healthily cope with our stress. And teaching kids coping strategies is actually really, really important. Um, there's a lot of different things they can do. Mindfulness, deep breathing is a big one. Um, like when we breathe, oxygen coming into our brain allows us to think with our prefrontal cortex better, which is our rational thinking. When we're in fight or flight, the oxygen is actually cut off. The blood flow is cut off from our prefrontal cortex. It all goes to the amygdala. And so breathing does so much good. And so even just simple breathing exercises, progressive muscle relaxation. We talked about that last week, actually, with, uh, with the last topic. Um, and that, that's a good one. Learn just relaxing every muscle one at a time until your whole body's relaxed. It can help you fall asleep too, honestly. <laughs> I'm out cold every time a single time I do that. There's an app actually. I've mentioned it before. It's called Stop, Breathe, Think. And it encourages and teaches different mindfulness strategies, different coping strategies. One way you can help kids kind of learn what coping strategies are good for them is there's a... Oh, we do suicide trainings, suicide prevention trainings. And um, in those, we make a crisis response plan for each kid. Each kid makes their own plan during that lesson. And they have a little index card. And part of it is they have to list out what are their coping mechanisms? What are their healthy coping mechanisms? And so they give them like a whole list of different things. Exercise, going out on a run, punching a, a punching bag or something. Um, screaming in a pillow, singing at the top of your lungs with the windows down in a car or windows up, who cares? Um, but there's so many different ways. But it's nice when kids can list those out because then they, they, they can, A, they thought of it. And when they're the ones to think of it, they're more likely to do those things. Also, you can offer workshops and resources on stress management and healthy ways to cope with difficult emotions. Um, workshops and parent nights and community events are wonderful because the whole community comes together to help these people and 
to help each other, honestly, um, to learn from you as a counselor and to support each other. It's wonderful. Anyway, number three, we need to promote healthy habits. Do you guys on average know what time most tweens and teens go to bed, especially if they have a smartphone? It's anywhere between 1 to 3 a.m. Their sleep is probably the most underrated thing that could be improving their mental health. And, and we don't even know it. They don't even know it. They don't even recognize it. Um, but the lack of sleep is slowly killing our teens and us. I mean, I, like I said at the start of this podcast episode, I have a two-month-old. I'm averaging like five hours of sleep every night. And I am exhausted at the end of every day. I fall asleep holding my baby while my wife is making dinner. Like it's, it's tough and there's not much I can do about that except just take advantage of more sleep on the weekends, take some naps here or there. But kids on the other hand, (laughs) your kids should not be waking up in the night with your baby. Your kids should be sleeping. Um, They need a lot more sleep. They need eight to 10 hours of sleep at night. And so promoting good, good sleeping habits which means putting down the cell phone about an hour before you want to go to bed so that the blue light isn't screwing with the circadian rhythm and so that they can actually feel tired. Your brain has been telling your body it's tired, it's dark. You haven't been staring at a screen for so long. Um, Other healthy habits that you can encourage is exercise. Oh my goodness, it's exercise. Sleep is the most underrated thing because sleep is when we heal. Exercise is the most underrated medicine because exercise releases endorphins and dopamine in your body. It helps to protect against mental health issues and you just feel better after a good healthy workout. And we also need to be a little bit better at that as professionals too. Like even us adults, we need to be better about exercising. Like I said, the most underrated medicine, it costs $0 to go out on a walk with your dog or to go on a little jog or uh, if you have a gym membership, oh, there's a yawn. I promise you, you get some. Here they are. Uh, if you have a gym membership, you can use that. But really, really, exercise is the wonderful medicine, one of the best medicines out there. Eating habits are also really important. Um, Eating habits, you are what you eat. Now, when you're older, like I'm 29, right? I'm not that old. But when you're older, the, the, the stuff you consume affects you more and more. I feel like garbage when I eat garbage. And so healthy eating... Uh, is really important and it affects your mental health as well. If you have a cleaner diet, you are you are happier. And that, that goes for kids as well. Um, anyway, so um, another thing that you can do is to promote healthy boundaries in time management strategies to prevent burnout and exhaustion. Boundaries are so important. There needs to be a time when there's no school. There needs to be a time when there is no work. There needs to be a time when you are not on your phone looking at your email. And same with kids. There needs to be time when they're not doing homework. There needs to be time set aside where they can be doing nothing, where they can be resting. And it's so hard for them to have boundaries um, because, well... They forgot all of them in the pandemic. The pandemic happened and they just were kind of doing whatever. There were no due dates. There was nothing. And then we were really, really lenient when they first came back, obviously. But now we're in full swing. And so they struggle with due dates. They struggle with, you know, time management. 
And we need to brush up on that a little bit. Teach them better time management. We need to go over that again. We kind of stopped reviewing that basic fundamental. And now post-pandemic, kids are really struggling with that. Um, um, where was I? Oh, yes, healthy boundaries. Um, so I wonder how many of us professionals have our work email on our phones. And... I mean, spring break's coming up soon, guys. You guys are either on it right now, you're going to have it next week, or you just came back from it. If you're going to go on spring break, I encourage you to delete your, your work email from your phone for that whole week for spring break. I promise you, nothing bad's going to happen if you're not on your email, okay? It's okay to get rid of that. That is a healthy boundary. But every, every one of us needs to think, what are some healthy boundaries I can set so that I'm not getting burnt out? Because here's the reality, guys. The next little bit after spring break, we have all of April and all of May until graduation. And it's one of the longest stretches we have that there is no breaks, there's no nothing. And it's really, really difficult. And so if we do not have boundaries with our work and if kids don't have boundaries with their homework, the, the, the burnout is real. And I see it year after year after year. Anyway, so yeah, pro promote healthy habits, okay? Number four is supporting peer networks. Basically, supporting kids being good friends. Kids struggle a lot with loneliness, and it's mostly because they feel like they have no friends. And it's mostly actually social media's fault because they're all on social media doing nothing, waiting for someone to do something so they can see that someone's doing something, and then they're going to feel left out, and everyone's going to do nothing together. And it's, it's kind of poo-poo because, because social media is just making everyone feel left out and everyone feels alone together. We're united and feeling lonely. No, that's garbage. We shouldn't do that. And so if your school has like a peer mentorship program or even a hope squad, where if you're noting some, noticing someone's down and they need a friend, you can go tell the hope squad, hey, this kid needs a friend. Could you maybe befriend him or find someone that could befriend them? No one wants to feel like a project. But you know what? If you can find someone that's responsible and trustworthy and that is going to be sincere and being friendly to that person, go ahead. Ask them, hey, would you be willing to be so-and-so's friend? They're really lonely right now. They're, they're really struggling. Peer-to-peer -peer networks are awesome. Um, kids helping kids is promotes a lot of growth, and it's really, really cool to watch. Um, empower students to advocate for themselves and their peers when it comes to mental health and self-care. To help them be good friends, just bottom line. Um, and it really helps with their own mental health if they are not afraid to stick up for themselves and other people and to advocate for their mental health. All right, last one, number five, promote self-reflection and self-awareness. Encourage students to reflect on their emotions, thoughts, and behaviors. Think about things. Think before you leap. Think after you do something. Think about it. It doesn't have to be going so fast. That's how we get burnt out is we're just like, go, 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 and we don't stop to just think about it. And then also we, we don't stop to think about, is this making me happy? Is this making me miserable? You know, teaching students and ourselves to identify and challenge that negative self-talk within ourselves, those cognitive distortions, those things that are telling us we're not good enough and isolating that and getting rid of that and be like, no, I am good enough. And you can replace it with positive affirmations every single day. Me and my little kids in the mirror say, I am strong, I am loved, and I'll always be enough. Trying to build them up with that positivity every single day. 
and then provide resources and tools to help students build resilience and self-efficacy. Basically, help them believe in themselves. And that's just simply by, well, believing in them. And then believe in yourself. This upcoming week, literally, guys, we got spring break. Spring breaks, it's going to be here. And don't waste it. Don't waste it trying to be too busy. It's okay to enjoy that break. Use it to rejuvenate. Use it to recharge. Because after spring break, we are off to the races, guys. We are going to go, 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 go. Get those kids graduated. And then it's going to be summer break before you even know it. So, guys, you are amazing. I hope you all have a wonderful spring break. I hope that you guys can go out and have a lot of fun and just enjoy your time off. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Sounding Board from the Utah School Counselors Association. We'll talk to you guys next week and hear some more ideas from counselors like you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Sounding Board. Email thesoundingboard at utschoolcounselor.org to send us your questions and ideas. If you like our podcast, please rate and review our show. It helps other school counselors to find us. Links and additional information for any references from today's episode are in our show notes. Check out our website at utschoolcounselor.org where you can listen to past podcast episodes, register for any of our professional development opportunities, and become a member of the Utah School Counselors Association. USCA members also receive a bi-monthly newsletter to stay up to date on current Utah School Counseling news, events, and issues. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Utah School Counselor and on Twitter at USCA Tweets. The mission of the Utah School Counselors Association is to support professional school counselors in their work for students through advocacy, professional development, recognition, and support. This podcast would not be possible without the support of our members. We'll have more ideas to share with you next week. Let's go.